Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirkanish. Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish. As a Sirius XM and CNN host, I'm known for speaking, but frankly, I read for a living. I need to know what to say, and so I consume over two dozen newspapers and websites daily. I read opposing views and studies and court cases and orders and op-eds just so I can discuss current events on radio and television. But my favorite reading? Books. Old school. And my favorite interviews? are with book authors. Book Club with Michael Smirconish is now in session. The president was active via Twitter again last night and into this morning. Uh, 12.53 a.m. These thugs are, all caps, thugs, are dishonoring the memory of George Floyd, and I won't let that happen. Just spoke to Governor Tim Walls and told him that the military is with him all the way. Any difficulty, and we will assume control, but when the looting starts... The shooting starts. Thank you. Which drew a rebuke, a fact check from Twitter. Quote, this tweet violated the Twitter rules about glorifying violence. However, Twitter has determined that it may be in the public's interest for the tweet to remain accessible. Learn more. In other words, when you go into his Twitter feed, you don't see immediately His tweet from last night, you see a Twitter posting, but it is still there. If you click through, you can access it. And then this morning, 
7, 10 a.m., Twitter is doing nothing about all of the lies and propaganda being put out by China or the radical left Democratic Party. They have targeted Republicans, conservatives and the president of the United States. Keywords now. Section 230 should be revoked by Congress. Until then, it will be regulated. What exactly is Section 230? What great timing, I guess, for my next guest, who is an expert in that regard and literally has written the book on Section 230. So let us welcome Jeff Kossoff. He's an assistant professor of cybersecurity law at the United States Naval Academy and a year ago published The 26 Words That Created the Internet, a nonfiction narrative history of Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. Professor, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. So what are the 26 words? Something that Al Gore said when he first invented the Internet? That's actually the first line of my book, and uh, that is not uh, written by Al Gore. It says that if you're a provider or user of an interactive computer service, so something like a social media site or Yelp or Wikipedia, you won't be treated as if you're the publisher or speaker of information that someone else provides. So you're, you'll still be liable if you, let's say, if you're a website that breaks something that's defamatory. You're liable for what you write. But if a user goes onto your site and posts something that's defamatory, uh, the user can be sued. But you as the website or the social media platform will not face any liability. What was the intention of the Congress in providing this protection? So there were two main goals. Uh, this was in 1996. So this is when uh, the main services, online services were Prodigy and CompuServe uh, that most college students right now <laughs> don't, don't quite know uh, what, what they were. But uh, there was a concern that these services, uh, basically, there was a weird rule under the First Amendment that said if these services uh, did any moderation at all, they could actually increase their liability because that makes them more like a publisher. So what Section 230 did is it says, okay, we're going to take away this potential liability in an effort to get these platforms to provide the level of content moderation that their users expect. The idea is if they do too much moderation, their users might walk away. If they do too little moderation, their users also might walk away. So that was one of the main goals. And the other goal was to foster the growth of what was then a pretty nascent industry. The Internet was really at the time more of an academic and government project, and it was just starting to have commercial potential. So what Congress said is, you know, we don't want to bog this new technology down with litigation and regulation. So we want to take a much more hands-off approach to the Internet. The Times pointed out yesterday in a piece that quoted you that Zuckerberg was only 11 and Google didn't exist at this time. So it's not as if the tech giants that we know of today were leaning on the Congress and seeking this protection. No, this was actually it was passed uh, with barely any public attention at all. There was barely any media coverage because it was part of a much broader overhaul of the telecommunications laws in 1996. And most of the media coverage was focused on things like how can local telephone companies and long distance telephone companies compete with one another? Uh, things that now uh, no, nobody really cares all that much about. Uh, but at the time, the internet was really kind of a footnote 
in the debate about technology. So no one was really paying much attention to it at the time. When you reference the 26 words that created the Internet and you're drilling down specifically on Section 230, and pardon me, but I've not read your book, although I'm interested to read your book, are you saying that but for Section 230, the Internet would never have developed to the extent that it has? Yes, the Internet that we know today would not have developed in the same way. So there would be an Internet, obviously, but the Internet that we have today is due to the legal framework that Section 230 provided. Because when you look at all of the large platforms, almost all of them in the United States rely heavily on user-created content, Uh, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Wikipedia even. And if they were legally responsible for every word, every image, every video that their users posted, uh, that their business models would have to be very different because uh, any business is not going to want to have to go to court for everything their users post. That's just not a viable business model. So in practical terms today, at what point does, I'll use the word platform, I hope that's a suitable word for this hypothetical, at what point does a platform cross a line and open itself up to liability? Well, so there there are a few different ways. First, there are a few exceptions to Section 230. One is uh, for Internet, for intellectual property, so things like copyright, that's covered by a separate law. Another is for federal criminal law. That's not covered by Section 230. And recently, Congress amended it for if a site facilitates sex trafficking. So those are there's some specific exceptions. But the broader way is if the website itself is actually creating the content or even taking part in the creation of content, then the website can be liable. Now, there have been a number of court cases where there have been, there's been really a fine line between what is the creation of content and what is not. And uh, the courts have generally been pretty friendly to the websites uh, and lenient by broadly applying to three. So websites that might say, you know, post all the gossip about anyone you want, and someone goes on and posts something defamatory, generally the courts are going to say even that website, even if it encouraged people to post, they're going to be protected by Section 230. And even if they encourage people to post and then refuse to take it down, they're still protected by Section 230. Let, let me put it in these terms. I think of, uh, I'll use a site from the right and a site from the left. I think of Drudge Report as being an aggregator. He's not generating original content. He is posting links to other news outlets. I assume in that context, he shields himself from personal liability, where Huffington Post is publishing both aggregated links and original content. I imagine that if someone posts original content at HuffPo, HuffPo could be liable. Is that fair? Yes, exactly. And there there gets to be a fine line. What if uh, their content is not original, but the website makes some changes to it? Uh, Typically, it's only if those changes themselves add to the defamatory or otherwise uh, harmful or illegal nature of the content that the site would be liable. Uh, But it has to be the harm has to actually be created by the website. If it's if it's posted by a third party, uh, generally, with some 
caveats, but generally uh, Section 230 is going to protect the website. Professor Kasov, I, I won't put you in the uncomfortable position of passing judgment on the president's social media actions, I promise. But I do want to ask this question in the abstract. This is the Book Club with Michael Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. 
The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. Professor Kasif, I, I won't put you in the uncomfortable position of passing judgment on the president's social media actions, I promise. But I do want to ask this question in the abstract. He needs to be careful. Well, I guess I'm already personalizing it to him. Let me try again. Um, it suits someone, I would think, who is a publisher of controversial content that there is a Section 230. Because without a Section 230, if I'm the platform, now I have to say, oh, wait, do I want to give airing to this point of view? I might be on the hook. In other words, is this not in the category of be careful what you wish for? Well, so what's really interesting, and I'm speaking uh, just from my own personal viewpoint here, um, is we don't completely know what the Internet will look like if Section 230 is revealed. Um, and the reason for that is because the modern Internet has existed with Section 230. So there are two primary uh, reactions that you could anticipate from platforms, and we just don't quite know which one it will be. One would be platforms might start being very cautious and not allow user content or be very restrictive. Uh, but the other possible outcome, which is why 230 was passed in the first place, was this weird quirk in the First Amendment and common law doctrine where moderating content actually increased the liability. So you could possibly see if 230 were repealed, uh, platforms taking a more hands-off approach uh, and not doing any moderation. Uh, And platforms moderate quite a bit of content. Uh, It's for everything from uh, beheading videos to uh, child exploitation, really horrific stuff. So uh, we ju- it, it's, it's really, I mean, one of the things that a lot of us are really looking at is what would the legal rules be without Section 230? And we just don't know because most of the court cases that address it addressed things like bookstores in the 1960s. And it's hard to get, it, it really will depend a lot on how judges interpret the rules at section but I, I don't repealed. I don't understand in the absence of 230 how might it lead to the Wild West so the one of the reasons that section 230 was passed in the first place was because under the First Amendment rule uh, what the court ruled and this was a case involving prodigy was that prodigy actually received less protection under the common law First Amendment doctrines than CompuServe did because Prodigy, unlike CompuServe, moderated content. So what the court in that case said, and this is actually what led to Section 230, the court in that case said because Prodigy exercises editorial control, it's more like a newspaper than a newsstand. So Prodigy is just as liable as the person who posted the allegedly defamatory material on Prodigy. So the concern that really drove Section 230 was, okay, this rule, if other courts adopt it, will cause uh, online services to actually do less moderation because that increases their liability. 
And, and Congress said at the time, we don't want that. We actually want the platforms to do things like block pornography from being accessible to children. And that really was one of the driving factors behind Section 230. So if I if I control a platform and now there's no 230 so that that shield of liability is going away, perhaps my response is to say, I'm not going to do a damn thing. I'm going to erect a chalkboard in the public square and then I'm totally stepping away from it and whatever happens happens because the minute I start to do something I'm perceived as being active and not passive therefore I shall do nothing that's right and the but even in that case the protections wouldn't be absolute because under those rules if a website did nothing they still would become liable once they knew or had reason to know so what that effectively might create is a takedown system. So if a website gets a complaint saying, hey, hey, this is defamatory, then the website is going to face the choice of either taking it down immediately or standing in the shoes of the person who wrote it in court, which is not something they want to do, which is why the other, the other possibility on the other extreme end of the spectrum is that they just might not allow user content or they might be really restricted. So that that's why it's it's really hard to say with certainty right. what the platforms will do because we just haven't been in a world like that since 1996. Understood. But if they go for the former, the very the very cautious approach, it might mean that a provider of controversial speech will have fewer outlets where he can air them. That's one possibility. Okay. Well, one other, by the way, you're clearly the right guy for this. And let me just make sure that I give you your props. University of Michigan, Georgetown, clerked in the Ninth Circuit, and you were a journalist at the Oregonian and a finalist for the Pulitzer Prize for national reporting before you turned to the law. That's quite a career. Thanks. So here's my final question or subject area. I wonder, and again, I want to ask it in a way that doesn't put you in an awkward position pertaining to the, the president, who I imagine up the food chain is your employer. Has Twitter, answer this however you see appropriate, has Twitter bitten off more than it can chew insofar as they can't possibly apply the same level of scrutiny to all of their content providers that they are now applying to the president of the United States? So you know, now they're going to have an issue of where do they draw a line? Well, so I'm not going to address that in particular. What, what I'll say is, and I mean, I've looked at content moderation and the challenges of content moderation at scale uh, in a wide variety of contexts. And it is really hard uh, in all sorts of cases because your people think are under the impression that you could either just throw artificial intelligence or have a few contract moderators out there to deal with uh, harmful content. But the judgment calls are really hard, and you're making these judgment calls on just almost an infinite amount of content that's coming across the Internet. So it, it's um, I, I'm not aware of any company that has come up with sort of with the perfect solution. I don't know if there is a perfect way to address all all of these really tough challenges out there. There are some platforms that really, I think, are more thoughtful about what they're doing. I would point to Pinterest as one of them. A lot of the mid-sized platforms 
have actually really come up with approaches by listening to their communities and uh, having it more of a democratic process. And I think that's, for many of them, that's been really successful. I really appreciate your time. The book is called The 26 Words That Created the Internet. We'll link to it in my Twitter account right now. A nonfiction narrative history of Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. Jeff Kossoff, thank you so much for your time. Thanks a lot. Here are those 26 words. No provider or user of an interactive computer service shall be treated as the publisher or speaker of any information provided by another information content provider. Words created back in, what did he say, 1996? That are at the heart of this issue with the president. Book Club with Michael Smirconish. New episodes drop Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Listen to the Michael Smirconish program weekdays on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 and anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the super light tree runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the super light tree runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.